Power Band Podcast Episode 7. The New Zealand Motorcycling Podcast made by Kiwi Bikers for Kiwi Bikers. My name is Ray. My name is Matt. We are your co-hosts. Thank you very, very much for joining us. And we've got a bit of news just at the top of the show. Uh, We've got not only the Facebook page that we've been prattling on about for the last seven weeks, but we've also got a brand new Instagram account. It's at Powerband Podcast. So like that, share that, subscribe there. And uh, it's not only the pipe where you'll be kept up to date with all the latest news about motorcycling and New Zealand relevant motorcycling events and bits and pieces, but you'll also get some sneaky behind the scenes photos and posts. Matt, how's your week been? Uh, My week's been very busy actually. We've been um, moving into our new house and come Saturday, like I'm sitting in our new house right now because we've got fibre internet and it's brilliant, Um, but yeah, come Saturday I'll officially be in my own house, which will be pretty awesome. Now come Saturday, will you have your very own garage for a motorbike. I'll have a rumpus room, which the wife has given me permission to occasionally put motorcycles in. So kind of there. I've got a carport. It's, it's better than having a uh, gravel driveway like I currently have. Uh, where I Hey, <laughs> something's better than nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus that way, like if I you know, put my motorcycle in the, uh, the rumpus room, it's got a ranch slider that comes off the uh, carport. That means I've technically got the bike in the house. So that must make mean it even safer you have to put a spare bed down there and just jump into bed with it won't you oh now there's an idea (laughs) (laughs) hey this week just before we dive into the news i went on the internet oh you don't do that often do you no i went on the internet and i uh i I, I didn't really discover but i i found a I, i was on aliexpress have you done AliExpress before? Personally, no. Um, I know a few people that have. Um, it's apparently absolutely brilliant for cheap deals, but um, it can take a while for stuff to get here from China. Well, yeah, it can. I, I I grant you that. But AliExpress is fantastic. Now, if you're looking for things that that don't necessarily, uh, you know, they're not the best quality, but they're cheap. This is the place to go. Now, the reason I bring this up is in my garage right now, I have. Uh, a uh, security camera it it all it is is plugged into the wall it's on the wi-fi network and i've got an app and from anywhere in the world i can go on the app and i can look at my garage and i can see my uh, wr250 sitting in the garage live in color and in real time and it's also i you were showing me this the other day weren't you and um it's got like night vision as well so even if it's dark you can see it night vision and two-way communication plus from the app you can turn the camera around you can see the whole garage and the best part about it is this camera cost 35 dollars new zealand yeah i'm going to be buying me some of them i think but like, what do you mean by two-way communication? So if someone walks into your garage, you can push on yap and yell at them. Yeah, so it's got a microphone built in. <laughs> I can I can hear the cat say walking through the garage, and I push a button on the app and I can talk to the cat. How does the cat feel about this? The cat is quite intrigued, and I'm waiting for the cat to jump up on the shelf and knock the camera off. That's another story. So AliExpress, that was that was my win for the week. Shall we dive into the news? Yes. All right. So um, first up, um, we've known for a wee while now that Suzuki have updated the Iron. Z250 motocross bike. As we speak, that is being launched in Spain for the European market. So that will mean that hopefully that brand new bike is not far away for New Zealanders. Um, That's pretty exciting. Now, do we have any kind of tidbits of information? Do we have any sneak peeks? Do we know what uh, changes are going to be or any ideas what we're to expect? Oh, it's it's had a really good uh, running over this bike. Um, so it's no secret that the old RMZ 250, it's always sort of been lingering at the back of the pack in terms of um, especially power. So it's got more, more bit more grunt. It's been revised engine and all that. And yeah, it's it's going to be a much better machine. Whether it's going to be able to keep up with the likes of the KTM's and the um, Kawasaki's and such, um, that'll be another thing. But that's not really what the RMZ 250's always been about. It's always been about being the best handling bike in the class. But yeah, we'll, um, I will send an email to my contact at Suzuki New Zealand and see what I can dig up and we'll uh, go into more detail next week. Hey, looking forward to that. And also uh, an interesting thing for Suzuki, what I'm, I'm hoping, in fact, is Suzuki's motorbikes are generally 
the kind of the cheaper end of the market. They're more uh, accessible for a motorcyclist on a budget. Does that mean? Do you think that the um, the the RMZ might be a little bit cheaper than say the the KTM or the uh, the Yamaha equivalent? I think they generally are, and because from what I've read, and I, uh, forgive me, I haven't actually. I'm putting you on the spot much, here. Uh, revision today, yeah. Um, but in general, um, yeah, the Suzuki's are always the more affordable bikes, and yeah, like hey, they've got their place. I'm looking at the current model RMZ250, and that's ten nine nine five right away. So they not that you're going to have on-road costs with a uh, motocross bike, but um, yeah, it's as you say, it's not um, horrifically expensive. And you start looking at the likes of the KTM's and that, and those prices start climbing up into the 12s and the 13s and the 14s, and then you may as well buy a uh, RMZ450. Is an interesting concept for you. DRZ125L Big Wheel, brand new, four thousand four hundred ninety-five. Combo that with the DRZ250 Suzuki at six nine 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 for for a budget of ten thousand. You've got you've got dad and kid on a trail. Yeah, like Suzuki, you can knock them for sort of not having the most cutting edge tech, but what they do is get people riding. Um, and in my books, that's more important than having the latest and greatest. Uh, what is it? Traction controls the new thing in motocross. You don't need it. Like if you're getting out there and riding a dirt bike that's all that matters that's something I haven't heard before traction control on a dirt bike yeah it's something uh, last couple of years um, I'm going to be saying the, their names again KTM and Husqvarna uh, they've recently been uh, working their way on those things um, you'll sort of I think the new um, YZs and WRs from Yamaha have them as well um, but basically it's all done via the electronic wizardry that dirt bikes are now um, starting to have and yeah basically it means you can get off the line faster or yeah you don't get stuck in ruts too much fantastic now what else have we got on the news spectrum i think some triumph scrambler news yeah so we covered this a a few weeks ago can't remember which episode but um someone will be able to tell us um Anyway, Triumph Scrambler is now 1200. They've got a nice big, big meaty engine in that, similar to the 1200cc Bonnevilles. Um, longer suspension, big 21 inch front wheel, actually really capable by the specs. Um, we didn't know what the exact price is going to be, and I've been told by Triumph New Zealand's um, managing director, uh, Lee Beckhouse, that it'll be around the mid 20s. Uh, Mark, but um, they've posted today on their Facebook page, uh, today being uh, Tuesday, uh, that on the 14th of December we'll know exactly how much it'll cost and exactly when they'll be available for purchase. So that is quite exciting because I really want to ride one of those. So the 14th of December is the day after our second last episode for the season. Now remember, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. We can uh, prove to people that the uh, the the people are liking the podcast and uh, we can potentially look at making a season two. But the 14th of December is when they will uh, confirm that price and we will let you know as soon as we can. Yeah, we'll whack it straight up on the uh, Facebook page, shall we? Yeah. And our new Instagram page. And we uh, that's at Powerband Podcast, by the way. And we have one more episode after that in which we can uh, basically wrap up the year on the 20th of December. Yeah, I might be jumping the gun here, but should we try and make that one an extra long episode? Uh, the finale. A <laughs> season finale. Yeah. Right, good. Yes, no, we'll try and do that and we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how much we've got to talk about. It might end up being just a five-minute episode because there's nothing to talk about coming into Christmas. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, um, so next up in the news... Um, this was uh, in the lead up of last week, um, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it at the time. Um, the Sky Tower stunt. So what happens when you take a YZ250F, mental Japanese dude, and the Sky Tower? You do pretty much what that chick on the BMX did, and you ride around, around, around. Yeah. Yeah, apparently he was going to wheelie it, um, wheelie this YZ around the ring, but uh, weather conditions proved to be a bit too dodgy. Well, it's a fair way up. It'd be quite windy, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, it'd be windy on a good day, I imagine. Um, 
But yeah, there's um, a video that was posted all over the internet, like the New Zealand Herald and stuff had it. Um, and they had quite a few uh, cables strapped to this um, YZ. Um, it looks almost comical. Um, but I did see the video and, and I was looking at it and I was going, I can completely understand why those cables are there. I mean, I think they had three cables on the bike and at least two on the guy. I understand why they're there, but man, it would have been cool to see that happen without the cables. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that photo, a screen grab of it now, and it actually looks like he didn't ride a 250F. It looks like he rode a YZ250 two-stroke. Definitely looks like a two-stroke, doesn't it? Yeah, I was under, because all the press photos are of him sitting next to the brand new 250F. But that definitely looks like an expansion chamber. Who are we? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do some digging on that and see what else we can find out. Yeah, the dude's name was Taka Higashino. And um, yeah, that's definitely a no thanks from me to ever do anything similar like that. I'm, yeah. Not a fan of heights. I'm, heights don't normally bother me, but um, I don't know if you've ever been up the Sky Tower, but you sort of, you can walk around, there's um, that viewing sort of station and it's got the glass floor. Yeah, that's totally butt puckering and yeah no thanks <laughs> really oh see i've never had a problem with that i was just thinking before actually watching looking at this video and the photo that's up on on throttle.co.nz as well if this was um if this was nitro circus if this was travis pastrana he would have just done it no no wires no nothing he would have just probably ridden around there and gone oh yep cool uh what's next yeah he would have had a parachute on as well and he would have incorporated a base jump because he's absolutely mental yeah 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 <laughs> can i can i you know what would have been cool if he had ridden that bike over the uh, the Auckland Harbour Bridge, o- over the support of the Auckland Harbour Bridge. Oh, over the big um, big archway thingies. Yeah. That would have been cool. Would have been tight, I imagine. Um, like it's been a while since I've ri- uh, driven over the Harbour Bridge. but um, I'm sure a trials rider could have done it. Oh, yeah. Someone like uh, old Tony Bow, who can basically, he is one with the motorcycle. Um, that guy's an utter freak. Um, maybe we should uh, start start a campaign. Someone needs to do it. <laughs> There'll be some health and safety involved in that. Hey, just before we do um, carry on with our coverage of the Monster Energy SX Open, hey, I went up to Topo on uh, on Monday and caught up with the fantastic gentleman that is Brad Groombridge. What a lovely guy. I know, right? He's got to be like, yeah, considering he's got all those uh, national titles, you'd be forgiven for sort of thinking he's a bit of a bit of a dick um, but he's so down to earth isn't he so down to earth and so polite uh, and so humble as well so I caught up with Brad Groombridge we talked a little bit about his uh, his adventures at the Mon- Monster Energy SX Open and just generally how do we breed another Brad Groombridge considering we've both got young fellas on the way take a listen to this Brad Groombridge a massive weekend for you up in Auckland it was a bit damp though I hear yeah it was pretty damp uh, Saturday morning it basically was raining Saturday sorry Friday night um, into Saturday morning and didn't really stop a whole lot until around four o'clock so uh, they did have the track covered for a period um, and then they decided I think it was around 12 that they would pull the covers off and then it rained hard after that so uh, they had a fair few challenges ahead of them to try and get the track ready uh, for the Saturday night show. They managed to sort of do that even though our practice was delayed by about three hours. Um, they managed to make the track rideable or raceable, uh, however you want to look at it, and actually put on a bit of a show for the fans, which was um, awesome to see. Otherwise, yeah, it would have been a bit of a non-event, I think. How'd you go? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. The atmosphere was awesome. Uh, I was actually, we all put it under a marquee, and I happened to be um, able to nab a spot right next to Christian Craig. Man, what a um, what an awesome guy, being able to you know sit there and chat to him throughout the night about the track and you know what he was up to and the states and things like that that was pretty awesome uh the whole atmosphere having that uh stadium full i think um they had twenty thousand people so it was nearly full uh and yeah i enjoyed the racing it made it tougher with the weather obviously there was uh the track was muddy and slippery but um i had a lot of fun haven't ridden supercross in a long time about five years so uh and then yeah to go and ride on a track that technical I just sort of took my time and made sure I walked out of there on my own two feet. So, yeah, but all in all, I had a good time. Brilliant. Uh, now, you've got a, a list of accolades almost as long as your arm. What have you got to your t- what, What's under your title at the moment? Uh, so, currently, I'm the cross-country and enduro champ. 
uh, I got second in the motocross um, in MX2, so 250 class. Uh, and then I won the Asubis 4-hour, uh, I think it's about the fourth or fifth time as a solo um, and outright. So yeah, got a fair bit um, under my belt this year and in the previous years. Um, but yeah, it's just trying to come up with new challenges and find new races that I want to do. There's a few in Aussie that I'd quite like to have a go at um but yeah unfortunately i will be going to have a shoulder surgery early in the new year about april so um that will send me back a little bit oh oh have we heard about this yet or is this a is this a new thing uh i've had it for a long time i've had a um reoccurring dislocating shoulder so um yeah i've had issues with it for years now uh finally got to a surgeon who can repair it apparently and do a good job of it he's um well known so yeah hopefully go and get that sorted out and then uh yeah i'm just not quite i guess i'm always riding um not quite at 100 percent. so it'll be nice to not have that worry in the back of my mind when i do go racing uh there was one round of the cross countries this year actually the third one which was just out of taupo and i crashed dislocated it uh, managed to wave down a, a lap rider and uh, got him to help me pop it back in carried on got back to the lead of the race and then ran out of fuel um, oh, no. <laughs> on the last lap so yeah if um, if I can get that sorted out that's just going to be one problem um, that I don't have to deal with I'm picking up you're quite a, a modest chap I mean you're saying that you're not quite 100% with your shoulder I know that after the four hour enduro you said that you weren't uh, at riding at 100% as far as fitness goes from what I can tell I mean you were a solo rider for the four hour and you beat out two teams riders on your own yeah yeah, I, like it's early in the season that race, so I pretty much had most of the winter off. I didn't do a whole lot of riding. I did, you know, a few club days here and there, but um, in terms of being bike fit, not really at all. And um, the four-hour track was brutal. It's probably the toughest race to date that I've ever um, ridden on track-wise. Um, not to mention, you know, you're riding for four hours, but the way that the track cut up uh, was pretty brutal. So to be able to come away with the win from that race um, not being at 100% um, bike fit and things like that I was pretty happy with it um, that's obviously what I intended to go there and do anyway was to go there and win um, but yeah it, w- it was really nice to get the job done yeah and well done on that now you, you ride a few different disciplines What do you have a favourite? Uh, yeah so cross country is probably my favourite um, enduro I don't know whether that would be a close second or that whether that would come after the motocross it's kind of um, in two minds about that but um, in terms of the cross country everyone basically goes to work an 8 to 5 job and then turns up and races on the weekend so in terms of um, how even it is rider wise uh, you don't have you know with the motocross you've got riders that are training and um, riding during the week so it's basically like their full time job uh, I don't have that luxury um, um, so yeah, the cross country is definitely more my favourite, um, and obviously there's the unpredictable terrain and the speed which comes into it, which I, um, as much as it's scary, it gives me a bit of a thrill and I quite enjoy it. So um, yeah, I, w- I would have to go with the cross country being my favourite um, discipline. Now, if money wasn't an issue, what would be the next ride for you? Are we talking like Hard Enduro, Erzberg, uh, something like that? Or, I mean, literally, if you had an open checkbook, what would be your next six months? Um, well, there's a few things that I'd like to do. Um, one would be Hatar Desert Race in Aussie, uh, just out of Melbourne. And then the next one would be Fink, uh, which is over, I think it's Western Australia. So those two are definitely on the bucket list. Um and yeah in terms of anything else i mean dakar or something like that um would be awesome um just to go down that kind of off-road rally style i think that more maybe suits me a little better um i like the nitty-gritty stuff so yeah anything that's tough mentally and physically um I'm, i'm into it so yeah uh, you mentioned mentally tough. Now, is that, do you think that's something that sets you apart from other riders? I mean, you can be physically fit, but is it, is it the mental thing that gets you through those tough events? Or um, For sure. I think the mental um, side of things plays a huge, huge part. And, I mean, even just mentally thinking, you know, when you go to a win, uh, sorry, a race and you're like, 
you know, I, I can win this. There's no reason why I can't. I've beaten all these guys before. I think that um, having that kind of mentality definitely helps out, and that's basically how I approach pretty much all of my racing. Um, probably more so the off-road than motocross because obviously there's a difference um, between who's riding during the week and not. But yeah, the mental thing, I, I like it when, you know, what do they say, the when the tough gets going or something like that, however that goes. Um, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like I like it when it's tough and it's not just about, you know, how fast you are on the track, but it's when the body starts hurting and all those other things start kicking in and you get dehydrated and you you might be trying to fight through the last, you know, few laps, your hands are sore, they're cramping, all that sort of thing. Um, I enjoy that. Brilliant. Now, obviously, we've seen the figures for the podcast. There's probably at least three people listening. Some of those might be parents. Some of those might be young fellas. Um, what's having been on a bike since what four years, four years of age yourself? Uh, what would be your your advice to parents of, of young children? I know Matt's got a four month old. I've got one that's almost ready to drop. Uh, how early is too early to get on a bike? And and how can we breed the next uh, the next Brad Groombridge? Um, to be to be fair, it's a hard one. I've seen a lot of kids start late. Um, some of them uh, can still do very well, even though they start late. I started, uh, well, I first got a bike when I was about three, I think, or close to four, and then I was able to go racing when I was four years old. So I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I think Ben Townley actually started a little later. I don't think he started it as early as me, um, but I can't be for sure of that. But basically, uh, when I grew up, Ben was my coach. He, I, you know, I never had to pay him a dime. Um, it was more of a friendship, and we're still good friends now. Uh, and he kind of taught me all the basics and everything I know. And uh, still to this day, he he's still there for advice if I need it. So um, I don't know. Everyone's got their own opinion on it. I would I prefer to say earlier, just because you learn all the good traits um, straight away from early on so uh, later on when you you know you move up into the juniors and senior ranks you're not still trying to get rid of bad habits uh, technique wise Um, but then there's also um, the times you know when you're going through those teenage years where it's kind of like there's other things that come into it you get girls and all that sort of thing and you know your mates might be going to parties or things like that and that can kind of lead you astray um it's got to be hard to say no no no, i'm not going out on a saturday night i've got racing tomorrow yeah i've never been um big into partying uh or anything like that so it's never been too tough for me um probably the main thing uh when i look back uh, at what I was doing, you know, when I was around that 16, 17, I didn't have a lot of guidance at that time as into the whole training side of things and, you know, what the guys are doing now compared to what they used to. Um, it's totally different. Ricky Carmichael basically changed the game um, when he got Eldon Baker in as a trainer and uh, now just about every single professional motocross rider has got a... Um, has got their own personal trainer or they might have a riding coach or you know there's this and that and the next thing now uh and i didn't really um grasp that whole training thing at the time so yeah that's probably one of the hardest patches to go through and once you get through that you kind of understand everything a bit more but having someone there definitely to guide you through that sort of period i would say is crucial and um you know, going on to do great things in the sport. Brilliant. Uh, Brad Groombridge, thank you very much for uh, for having me in your hometown, Topa. You've definitely turned the weather on for us today. Yeah, it's been not too bad. It was good this morning. I think we had a bit of a bad patch there. Um, certainly where I was for a while, it was uh, coming down with rain. So, but the sun's back out now and uh, yeah, it looks good. So uh, what's what's next on the calendar? Where can we see you next? Where can we support you? Uh, I'll be riding actually this weekend um, in Tokoroa. So uh, Tokoroa Supercross, first of the December um, and not too sure after that I maybe depending on how that goes we'll head down to Winton for the third round of the New Zealand Supercross Champs or uh, the next big race albeit will be Summercross over in Fakatani around Christmas. Brilliant well good luck in your racing and we'll be following you and thanks very much for your time. Awesome no worries thanks for having me.
So humble and such a fantastic guy. Thanks very much for your time, Brad, and we're going to be following you and updating um, on uh, your progress throughout the season. Also, uh, Matt, I haven't told you about this, but Brad has agreed to give us an, uh, a, uh, a before-match um, outlook on each of the Epic Events rides. Oh, Epic! As long as we manage to get into it next year and do Season 2. So we'll be catching up, we'll be catching up with Brad, talking about the Epic Events rides, and what to expect uh, throughout the season. And I think they kick off from around about May. Oh, awesome. That might even be season three by the time we get round to those. If, if everything comes together and we get our ducks in a row, oh, that'll be fantastic. It will be. Uh, now, while I was in Taupo, I was talking to uh, a gentleman by the name of Andrew Laotoa. Now, he's the breakfast announcer on More FM Taupo. He's also uh, an intense motorcycle fan, specifically dirt bikes and motocross. Spent quite a few years riding motocross himself. Uh, he loves his CRF 250Rs and 450s as well. Uh, and he actually went up to the Monster Energy SX Open. Uh, and here's, uh, here's what he thought of the event. Andrew Latoa, Topor's More FM breakfast announcer. Andrew, it was a pretty cool event. Mate, it was awesome to be part of the inaugural Moss Energy Supercross Open at Mount Smart Stadium. 20,000 people, man, which is, and I believe about 70% of the people that turned up to Mount Smart were from out of Auckland. 70%, 20,000 people to yeah. a Supercross event. That's pretty epic considering you're, you're used to digging McEwen Motocross yeah. Park. You know, hey, it's a, this is testament to the fact that uh, people really enjoy dirt bikes here in New Zealand, whether it be a Motocross track or Supercross. But, you know, have 6,000 tonnes worth of dirt piled into um, into Mount Smart Stadium and, and the track looked absolutely awesome. Well done to the guys that designed the track and also built up the, uh, the jumps. But, uh, you know, the big finish line jump, the big double, they had triple sections, they had rhythm sections, uh, whoop sections as well uh, a lot of New Zealand guys weren't uh, familiar with that but now nah, some great great racing for the SX1s and SX2 and uh, there was no freestyle because it was too wet but the little KTM riders did a fantastic job out on the track what was the highlight for you who was the standout rider who'd you really enjoy watching I think Chad Reed just saying I mean the, the really well basically the the whole thing was awesome. I think just SX1, you know, the guys on the 450 was fantastic. That's what really excited me because when you think about the riders that took part, you know, the Chad Rees, Justin Brayton, uh, Dean Wilson, we see those guys on TV in America, you know, the AMA Supercross. And uh, to have them here in New Zealand on our soil was just mind-blowing. I mean, I, if only Ryan Villapoto was here or Ricky Carmichael and who knows, maybe James Stewart coming out of retirement, you know. But uh, I think just seeing these American riders here in New Zealand putting on a, a professional display of Supercross, you know, 10 out of 10. Now, I know you've been a, a long-time rider of motocross tracks. Um, what, what is your heart like, motocross, supercross? Oh, I, I enjoy them both. Oh, I, I enjoy them both. I mean, you know, Supercross for the fa- fact that it's self-contained in the stadium. You know, you don't have to walk too far around a track. Uh, motocross, I enjoy that for the open, you know, just opening up the throttle and just going, you know, uh, going fast as and, and top gear around sections. So I, I'm split between both, Ray. You know. Did you get an itchy, itchy uh, throttle hand watching the Supercross? Mate, always getting the itchy uh, throttle, throttle uh, hand. You know, you always want to twist the juice when you see guys out there um, uh, doing it in front of you. And you think, man, I'd love to be out there. But, uh, you know, do, riding Supercross and riding motocross, two different things. But the guys that decide to step up and uh, give it a nudge, they did a fantastic effort. You know, the internationals, obviously, are more familiar with the than the New Zealand guys and the SX2. But uh, there are some good performances from the New Zealand guys doing riding the SX2. Fantastic. Hey, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, it's been a while since you've been back on a bike. Are you going to get it back on? Are you going to get back on a bike shortly, or what's the story? Mate, the, uh, as you know, I'm a few with a rider, so with the, you know the, the sun coming out, uh, yeah, man, I'll throw a leg over in the uh, Christmas break. Now he had um, he had accreditation, but he's also got a young fella who uh, he must be about eighteen now, who's been um, riding motocross for a long time as well. So they went up together and uh, had an absolute ball, even though the weather didn't play its part really. Yeah, the weather was um, quite dodging. My next door neighbour uh, and his missus and a few friends went up from Cambridge, and it was bucketing down as they were leaving and I was sort of going hope you don't drive all the way up there to just sit at the sidelines of Mount Smart and then them go oh no we're not going to do this anymore the weather's a bit rubbish now what coverage have you seen and what was your highlight of the event oh man I've seen a fair few things I saw that uh, Chad Reed mounted on a Suzuki actually um did um, really did bloody well considering twenty one thousand people at Mount Smart. Now that's probably the biggest motorcycle event in 
Zealand, specifically uh, the biggest dirt motorcycling event in New Zealand this year, at least. Oh, definitely. And, like, you'd probably get a crowd, no, not even that large for Nitro Circus, I'd imagine. Like, yeah, I, total, um, since the Nitro Circus things they tend to do over a few days, but... One day, one event with absolutely rubbish weather. 21,000 people at Mount Smart is insane. Put that into perspective. Uh, I've been talking a bit about Topol because I've got some random facts about it uh, from being up there during the week. 21,000 is more, I'm led to believe, than the standing population of Topol Township. Do they even have a standing population? Because it's a tourist town. Yeah, well, the population of Topol is about 20,000. It swells to forty to 50,000 at peak times like the Ironman or the uh, Lake Topol Cycle Challenge or even Christmas. But 20, 20, 20 odd thousand is about where the population sits day to day, week to week. Uh, and 21,000 in Mount Smart Stadium alone is crazy. That's pretty crazy. I... Oh, like I've been to Mount Smart a few times, um, but generally it's, okay, last time I went there was an all-whites game, uh, soccer match, and... You would have had five people to that. Oh, yeah, I took all five people along in my Sabari Legacy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was a pathetic turnout by comparison, so hopefully this um, sort of tells the world that, um, yes, New Zealand is keen on this sort of event. Bring us more, please, and thank you. Ah, oh, and I will be there. Next next event, I will so be there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, so I'll buy some earmuffs and take the little fella up. Exactly. I'll be there beside you. Yeah. Hey, so that pretty much rounds off the news. Let's move into uh, a topic we were going to bring you last week. Uh, about two weeks ago, we did the top five bits of motorcycle tech that you just don't need on a motorcycle. And a lot of people said, well, that's all well and good, you guys having a moan, but what about the top five things that we all wish we had on motorcycles? And we were going to do this last week, but we kind of ran out of time. So uh, should we do it this week? Yeah, and yeah, we did put our uh, thinking helmets on. Um, They're not just any old five things. Um, Though we could have probably easily taken things out of a hat considering the uh, five things we said you didn't need. Um, But um, yeah, so here we go. In at number five of the top five things we all wish we had on a motorbike. Uh, LED lighting systems. So these are becoming more and more popular with motorcycles these days and there are so many benefits. I'd like to expand this into um, running lights and, and, you know, driving lights, the little lights you have on the side, not just just the headlight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, true. Um, So there's so many benefits to these uh, LED systems. Um, Off the top of my head, you're not going to have busted light bulbs anymore. Uh, I can remember back in the day when I was on my first bike, I didn't even know that my brake light was out until a mate told me. Who knows how long it had been out. Not going to have that issue with an LED. They're a lot brighter and easier to see, and they use less power, so they're not going to drain your uh, pathetic motorcycle battery. Hey, you know the other thing that I kind of wish all motorbikes had, well, any motorbike that I'm looking at had, came factory with an LED lighting system, because you can't retrofit LED lighting systems into your motorbikes. Uh, It was a law that was brought in, you're going to fail a warrant if if you put an LED bulb into a housing that wasn't made for an LED. Yeah, yeah, that came out, um, what, about three months ago, I think? Um, and it was just a directive sent out to uh, the Warrant of Fitness testers, and it wasn't really publicised all that well. And you sort of, I haven't heard of anyone failing yet on it, but I'm sure it's happened. I was talking to the two bald bikers uh, a few months ago, and they, they were the ones who actually told me about it. Uh, but they also mentioned that uh, running lights and daylights, um, unless you have the right terminology aren't necessarily warrantable either. Oh, that's a bit ridiculous. You would think so, because it's all about being seen, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like that's one of the things they're always telling us, and it's not like high vis works um, at night time from a distance. A whole lot of headlights does that. So have, have a yarn to your local warrant of fitness testing guy or your local um, bike shop uh, and people that are actually up to date and in the know on that one as well. Should we move on with number four? Yes, let's go. Number four on the list of top five things we all wish we had on our bikes. Now, this is one that is probably going to be a wee bit controversial depending on your perspective, but it's one that uh, both Ray and I agree 
most motorbikes, if not all motorbikes, should have, um, and that's heated hand grips. Now, people used to tell me I was a uh, I was a pussy. I was a softy for having heated grips on my MT-07, but I'll tell you what, I used to run around, uh, and not necessarily the smartest move, I'm aware of this, please don't hate me for it, with motocross gloves. Now, I, I struggle with the big, thick, proper gloves because it would start in my little pinky, it would work across my hand, I get pins and needles and my hands go numb. But I found if I wore motocross gloves, sure, if I fall over, I'm going to lose all the skin on my palm. But it was just a lot more comfortable. Still gave me a little bit of um, protection against like hail and rain, but it, it felt great. Couple that with heated grips, fantastic. Yeah, and honestly, it's one of, for heated grips, it's one of those things that once you've tried it, you're never going to go back. Um, the people that moan, oh, you're a wuss for having heated grips, chances are they've never had them on them themselves. I'll tell you what, I'd rather be warm than um, than than be thought of as, as a pussy. Oh, and then there's the other thing about it as well. Um, your hands are rather important to the control of the motorcycle when you think about it. Your left hand does your clutch, your right hand does your front brake and your throttle. Um, and if your hands get cold, you lose feeling in them, you're sort of... You're not quite as nimble. You can't quite get on the brake as fast. If your hands are warm, you're not going to have those issues. Um, so it's almost a no-brainer. So firmly in there at number four, the top five bits of kit we all want on our bikes, heated grips. In at number three. Yes, so number three, this is one that um, I have had significant use of in my career, uh, ABS braking. Um, and... Yes, some people prefer to be able to just slam on their brakes and skid around. A lot of systems nowadays, you can actually turn off um, either the rear wheel ABS or the or ABS entirely um, and have a bit of a hoon around. But ABS, it is worth its weight in gold. And it doesn't weigh actually that much these days either. Not like the early... I have never ridden a motorbike with ABS. You're missing out, mate. Um, sort of, oh, It's just one of those safety nets that you don't want to lean on it. But if you happen to just have a uh, oh crap moment and panic break, um, it's good to know that the ABS is going to kick in there and you're not going to lock your front wheel and drop your bike, uh, which is precisely what happened to me when I rode off my second bike. I had an oh crap moment, grabbed a handful of front brake, was slightly greasy on the road and uh, down she went and that was the end of uh, my GT650. Moving on with the top five things, top five bits of kit we all wish we had on our bikes in it. Number two. TFT instrumentation. Um, so I say instrumentation because some people don't like you calling um, your gauges a dashboard or whatnot on a motorcycle. Regardless, TFTs are thin film transistor LCDs, I think they're technically called. Um, they are just so good. They um, Now, the difference between uh, TFT instrumentation and LCD instrumentation, as I found out a couple of weeks ago, you, you got your standard... Uh, LCD screen that was on the MT-07 and, and the, the CRF 250R and, and uh, sorry 250L and things like that black and white essentially uh, with the TFT full colour and backlit yeah and it's almost as good as your uh, computer screen in some cases um, the definition you can get out of um, some of these dashes is incredible but not only that it actually helps um, in terms of your controls so um, it's no secret that when it comes to electronics the Italians aren't exactly the most uh, user friendly um, but since the advent of TFT tech um, all those really tricky to use electronics on say your MV Augustas or your Aprilias and whatnot trying to get through your rider modes and change your uh, ABS and your trash control sensitivity and whatnot. It used to be an absolute nightmare going through the LCD menus and like click, oh, scroll, 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 click, scroll, 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 click. Now, but nowadays it's just so intuitive because the TFT gives you so many more options for display. Um, one I like to bring up is um, the BMW R1200GS used to have a inbuilt little LCD screen with a couple of analog gauges and that's a pretty tech-heavy bike, and um, BMW has this little scroll wheel thing on your left-hand handlebar, which controls all of their um, electronic suite. And it was a nightmare to use. Um, and this is from BMW. Um, like you'd think the Germans would get this right. I wouldn't say so in the uh, older R1200s, but on the brand new ones, uh, the 2018s and up with the TFT dash, whoa, so good, so easy to use. You can do everything on the fly. In a matter of seconds, it doesn't take you five minutes to just find the right menu. Moving along with our top five list of bits of tech we all wish we had on our bikes. 
the number one spot, the coveted title of the top bit of kit that we want on our bikes is... A comfortable damn seat. Is it too much to ask for a comfortable seat on a motorbike? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, apparently, according to some manufacturers anyway, geez, some bikes just bring you to tears. Uh, they're that uncomfortable. But man, like a comfortable seat when you get on a bike, you just you hit the road, you want to go for a nice tour, long ride. If half an hour into it, your butt hurts and you want to get off, well, that's not exactly fun, is it? Um, a comfortable seat would just make life so much better. And when you get on a bike that has a seat that is literally all day comfy, you love that bike because it means you get more riding time in. No brainer. Done. So that is our list of the top five bits of kit we all wish we had on our motorbikes. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know at facebook.com forward slash powerbandpodcast. We love to hear from you uh, and we, we, we value your input. We value your feedback. This is not just me and Matt talking. This is uh, this is a podcast by Kiwi Bikers for Kiwi Bikers. So have your say. Agree with us, disagree, whatever it might be. <laughs> So let's crack on with some events, and as we do, let's kick things off with the dirt events. Now we've had, we've been a little bit dirt centric this episode, which is quite nice because the first six episodes were mainly about road stuff, weren't they? Yeah, it's almost like the last, previous six episodes were very Yamaha centric as well. And I know we've covered a couple of Yamahas uh, today as well, but um, yeah, it's nice to be a bit dirty for once. Now, if you've got an event that you would like us to talk about on the wireless and let people know, please do get in touch with us. Once again, facebook.com forward slash power band podcast. If you don't let us know, we don't know about it. So uh, do let us know and we can share it with everyone and we can help make your event a success, especially considering a lot of motorcycle rides are fundraisers really yeah you want to get that word out there and uh, raise that money because a lot of that money actually goes back towards uh, children and schools and cure kids and charities that uh, help kids that are doing it tough so we want to be part of that we want to help them out so um yeah Get on the get on the horn and let us know. Dirt events. The Naroma Trail Ride is on in South Waikato this Sunday. It's a dirt event. It uh, sounds like a whole lot of fun. Uh, the WMCC Riverhead Trail Ride is also on Sunday in the Rodney District. Riverhead Forest is where you'll find that. One event near me up on the Kapiti Coast uh, is the Waitohu School Fundraiser Trail Ride. It's on Sunday, and I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers that I don't have anything else clashing with that because I'd be really keen to get the WR out. What's the weather looking like for uh, Sunday while you're sort of fantasising? Because I know for up here in the Waikato it is looking rubbish. <laughs> I think Sunday is thunderstorms according to the long range forecast. I don't know if I'd go out in a thunderstorm but a bit of rain never really worries me. It keeps the dust down and, and, and the, the, the one thing I hate above all else is when I'm riding trails is dust. Oh yeah, oh, I suppose it gets in your eyes on that, especially if you're not wearing goggles. It is looking um, actually uh, thundery and haily on Sunday in this area of the neck of the woods as well. But that's okay, uh, because the event's going ahead, rain, hail or shine. Uh, also, near Carterton, the Gladstone pre-Christmas trail ride is on on Sunday. And our good friends at Epic Events have a brand new trail ride happening this Saturday. The Puk- It's at Pukatapu Road it's um it's actually near where the Achubis four hour enduro is being held or used to be held is being held that has has been held this year now we've got main loops about 40 k's an hour uh, 40 k's long if you want to do all the um, expert loops as well but the uh, the main loops are great for families um, and most most experienced levels uh, it's all being grail uh, it's all being graded and level barred it should be a whole lot of fun. So it's the Epic Events Suzuki Trail Tamer on this Saturday. More information on all of these events uh, at silverbullet.co.nz or motoevents.co.nz. What's happening as far as road goes, Matt? Well, this is one that caught my eye. Um, it starts on Friday. It's a motorcycle rally, and uh, it's got a, quite a comical name. It's the Long Drop Rally. It's uh, held at the Duntroon Domain uh, about... Uh, uh, 35k inland from Oamaru uh, on State Highway 83. Oh, nice, nice pronunciation, Oamaru. Yeah, oh, try not to butcher these things. My uh, my Maori is not as good as yours, so not having lived in Tupu for a long time. Taupo. What's on your foot? It's a toe. What's the foot of a cat? A paw. Taupo. Yeah, that's a good way to remember it. Anyway, um, so it's tent sites only. Now uh, there's hot showers available. There's a licensed bar. There is a band on Saturday night called Cold Cranking Amps. Um, 
no BYO, no refunds, no cars on the site. So it's bikes only. Uh, costs 35 bucks at the gate to roll on up. And it is a motorcycle rally. So it's going to be a good load of fun. Uh, moving on. Saturday, uh, up in the North Island, we have HD Moto. So that's Hampton Downs. Uh, what are they? They are the essentially the track club. Um, they're the folks that let you take your bike or your car or whatnot um, out on Hampton Downs and hold track days for you. Uh, they, in conjunction with Blue Wing Honda, are bringing a Honda motorbike uh, track day to the circuit on Saturday. Uh, so you get the full use of the national circuit, uh, which is your, your standard Hampton Downs circuit. Um, and yeah, it should be an absolute blast. Uh, cost for the day for Honda riders. So if you've got a Honda rider, uh, Honda bike, sorry, 120 bucks, which is cheap for a track day these days. Um, if you don't own a Honda, it's $195. Um, and uh, yeah, absolutely worth it uh should have six 15 minute sessions on the track um so that's more time on the track than i can handle most of the time so it should be a bloody good day that also in terms of track stuff um the mike Perro southern classic festival is on this weekend so it starts on friday technically that'll be all your your qualifying and your practice and getting your iron that's at levels raceway in tomorrow um, and uh, the big day will be Sunday the 2nd um, with all the classic uh, motorcycle action that the Mike Perro Southern Classic is famous for. So if you're in the area and it's not pissing down in the rain, um, head over there, show your support um, because uh, everyone knows you got to get out there and support these events to let people know that, hey, we love our motorcycles. Also, I see we've got some action uh, next weekend at uh, Topol's Bruce McLaren Motorsport Park as well. That'll be round one of the 2018 Suzuki series on the 8th and 9th of December, which I believe also the series, the Suzuki series, encompasses the um, the Wanganui uh, Cemetery Circuit, yeah? Yeah, and that's the uh, Boxing Day Street Race, um, and that has... Geez, that attracts um, plenty of famous riders. Guy Martin's come out a few times. You've had... Or Colin Cummins, uh, all those famous TT riders have come out for that. Um, so Suzuki series, absolutely awesome. And given the, the given the Paido um, Battle of the Streets uh, event no longer will be going ahead, this will be kind of the last big hurrah, won't it? Yeah, well, this will be the last um, Wanganui uh, street race in the North Island. You do still have Port Nelson down the top of the south, but that's been cancelled the last couple of years. It's a bit uncertain, so long way out. Boxing Day, but uh, make sure you go down to Wanganui and check out the street racing action there if you're uh, not filling up on ham. Bringing it back to this weekend, however, this is another thing that caught my eye just now. Um, the Gaudi's Road Land Speed Trials are back. Um, so these happened earlier this year for the first time. Uh, land Speed NZ sort of has formed up to bring Land Speed Racing officially back to New Zealand. Um, it's 20 bucks to watch. Um, and essentially Gowdy's Road is this massive long straight um, that was built by the forestry companies years ago and never really used. It's this pristine long straight bit of road um, and you can get up to very silly speeds there. So Gowdy's Road, uh, it is just near the central plateau between Rotorua and Taupo. Um, so yeah, nice and central in the North Island, so everyone can get along to that. Another event that's close to my heart, the 26th Annual Suzuki Woodville Lions Coast to Coast. It's coming up quick, it's not this weekend, but next Saturday the 8th of December. Incidentally, this is the event, the last time I rode my Suzuki Inzuma GWT50. Uh, this was the event that I followed a mate of ours, Mike, and another mate of ours, Ben, around. Mike was on, a, uh, the, on the... 92 CBR 1000 and Ben was on the VTR 600 VTEC and uh, I just I just couldn't I couldn't get on that uh, in a zoomer again I just think you're getting a bit of I think you're just getting some serious uh, Honda jealousy there. I was just getting left in the dust. <laughs> even, at, even at road speeds, it was like, right, we're up to 100Ks, jump by. <laughs> uh, and I'm still winding it up through the gears to get to 100. So, yeah, that that was uh, that was what killed that bike for me. It, the, uh, the Woodville Lions Coast to Coast, it's $20 entry. It includes a light lunch at uh, Woodville. Registration from 9.15am at Himitangi Beach Cosmopolitan Club. Cook breakfast 
posters available to purchase at Himatangi from 8.30am. Feel free to pass this information on to other bikers, they say. And for more information, contact Clive Boyden. More information at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash power band podcast. Nice. I think that uh, wraps us up for the uh, main events for this episode. And once again, if you've got any more events, please do get in touch with us, facebook.com forward slash power band podcast. And we'd love to get those events across the wireless for you. So we've got a few people to thank before we do ramp up this episode. Thank you very, very much to uh, to Brad Groombridge for your time this week um, and I look forward to catching up with you and following you throughout the season. Thank you very much to the two bald bikers who we uh, we interviewed last week on the show um, and they've answered many, many questions throughout the week for me and also shared us on their Facebook page. Thank you very much to the team at CERN, C-E-R-N-Z, certified... Escort Riders New Zealand. You'll find them on Facebook. Uh, they shared us this week as well. And Sean Webb, in fact, uh, posted some feedback. Uh, Sean posted us a message saying, Love the podcast. It's about time New Zealand had something like this for Kiwi Riders and gave us some uh, some ideas on uh, different uh, topics we could tackle in the future. So you can you can comment on all of our um, on all of our episodes, whether you, whether you're listening on on any of the apps, whether it be Spotify or Podbean or Apple Pod podcasts you can comment we will see them you can send us a private message facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast or you can uh, just post on our instagram or facebook the instagram is at powerband podcast um i'll give you the facebook once again facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast we absolutely love to hear from you because uh without hearing from you we don't know what you want to hear and we do this for the lover we're not getting paid there's no sponsors there's no um, advertisers yet yeah we would like some advertisers one day but uh, yeah as you say we do it for the love of it just yeah we're kiwi bikers and hey no one was doing this before us so why not us exactly also helps to know that um, people are actually listening yeah well, i can <laughs> tell you we've got six ish Six people listening. Awesome. On a good day. (laughs) Right, well, that pretty much rounds off episode seven of Power Band Podcast. Uh, We've got 10 episodes in this series uh, coming out every Thursday. And if you would, please, please, please smash that subscribe button because that is going to be the figures that we take to the penny pinches and say, this is what we've got. This is how many people listen. We want to do season two in 2019. So hit that subscribe button and and smash that share button. If If you like what we're doing, I'm sure your mates would too hit the share button we would absolutely love you for it and it'll keep us being able to do what we do and uh, we'll keep you uh, inundated with all the latest most likely news whether it be motorbikes for road for dirt for off for adventure uh, anything if it's got two wheels or even three yeah we'll keep you up to date also check out uh, onthrottle.co.nz Matt you've got a, a fantastic resource there and you're uh, you're uploading news all the time so uh, so many pipes that we can indulge our motorcycle passions in yeah and that's not even getting into all the forums that we're members of <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much us I've been Ray I've been Matt keep the rubber side down throttle on we'll catch you next Thursday